Hi, and welcome to Idaho Business Out Loud. I'm Liz Harbauer, and this episode's going to be focused on Magic Valley. To learn what's going on in the Valley, I'm going to be sitting down with Sean Berger, the president and CEO of the Twin Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. Sean has lived in Magic Valley for years, and he is the past mayor of Twin Falls, so he's a wealth of information on the subject, which is great because I have a whole barrel of questions. Magic Valley is growing like crazy, like all of Idaho is. So how are they handling um, growth? How are they handling workforce issues and infrastructure and transportation issues? And what kind of developments are going on? So to cover this, let's head straight into the interview and hear from Sean. Thanks for being here today, Sean. I look forward to learning all about what's going on in Twin Falls. I have so many questions for you. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we will launch right in. Yeah, so I'm Sean Berger. I'm the president and CEO of the Twin Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. Been there about 15 years. Been raised in the Magic Valley, grew up in Buell. Um, and I also serve on the Twin Falls City Council and most recently was the mayor the past four years. Awesome. Okay, so another question that you know you got to ask in Southern Idaho every time is, how is Twin Falls handling growth? I mean, everything is growing, especially Twin Falls. It's booming. And particularly in infrastructure like roads and bridges. So I think we've been fortunate the past probably eight or ten years uh, we've been paying attention to infrastructure needs as we've been growing. So mm. we didn't sort of wait for growth to happen to us and then go, ah, rats, now how do we deal with all this stuff? We've been uh, attentive to uh, road needs, water, sewer, um, and our economic development has helped us with that. So back in 2011, when Giovanni was looking for a location across the Western United States, uh, they selected Twin Falls. Their investment and our ability to use urban renewal as a tool for tax increment financing helped us to build the infrastructure to meet not only their needs, but basically everything between the wastewater treatment plant and Chobani. So it opened up about 300 more acres in the city for other development um, and, and put that infrastructure in place. So we really try to use economic development as an investment tool for the greater good, not just for those individual projects. That's really fascinating that it was preemptive instead of reactionary. Um, so Twin Falls recently got designated as a metropolitan area. Um, what was that like? What changes will you make? What are the ramifications of that? It is an interesting process. There is not a federal checklist that says, congratulations on being a metropolitan area. <laughs> Here are all the things you need to do. Uh, it's a little bit of a, uh, a wait and see approach. Uh, we knew this was coming. We actually suspected that we would have been designated metropolitan at the last census mm -hmm. um, because it's not just your your corporate boundary. It can include neighboring communities. And so we oh, thought, okay. well, if you put Twin and Kimberly together, we probably are at that. We were not we were not designated at the last census. So we knew it was coming with with 2020. So get the designation um, from kind of a marketing and PR standpoint. Uh, we think that's going to be a huge advantage for us because you tend to show up on more lists because now you're you're in the data set, whereas now mm -hmm. we're a micropolitan area, you kind of get some attention once in a while, but uh, when, when economists and economic development uh, professionals who are helping companies cite, they can go through that data and we'll kind of show up now. It's going to bring some new responsibilities as well. Uh, public transportation is one that we've been uh, working with some consultants on assessing what is the best model for uh -huh. Twin Falls, um, knowing that that's going to take some time to implement. Uh, we're going to have issues with uh, um, stormwater retention and some other federal requirements that come with that. 
uh, but we also then get a different bucket of federal money that we can tap for some of those projects. Yeah, that's interesting. So I kind of skipped ahead, I realized, because I want to dial back and ask you about urban renewal. So um, you guys have been leveraging urban renewal opportunity zones. What advice do you have for other cities? Like there's a new one coming up in Post Falls, you know, like how would you, what, what are your thoughts to share with other cities doing that? So I think urban renewal has been a tool we've used in Twin Falls for decades. It got, got the most attention kind of with Giovanni and Cliff Bar because they're mm-hmm. sort of brand name recognized companies. But we've been using urban renewal clear back into the um, early 80s with Lamb Weston in Twin Falls with our downtown development. Uh, the district that actually covers our downtown um, has been in place 24 years. And so that one will actually be sunsetting in a couple of years. Uh, so we've used that tool again for this chance to provide infrastructure not only for those individual companies or investors that are in that area, but really benefiting that whole area around it. So in our downtown core, we have urban renewal as a tool. It's also designated an opportunity zone. And so we have our first opportunity zone project that will kick off uh, this spring. Uh, It's an old building on Main Avenue. Uh, It's going to get torn down uh, and investors are coming in, putting in a floor of retail, a floor of office and four floors of housing. So it'll be kind of the first time that we have apartment style living right in the core of our downtown. So those two tools together kind of helped with that. Um, the investors also are getting an advantage because it's in a, a census tract that has a high poverty rate. So they are able to use new markets tax credits. These are federal tax credits. So they're able to, to chip away at their investment costs. And again, for us, it provides infrastructure, it provides that energy that spurs development around it. So there is a lot on the horizon for the future. Um, what changes have you seen over your term as mayor and just the time that you've been in Twin Falls? So Twin Falls is certainly growing. Uh, you know, I recall 30 years ago when I was in high school in Buell coming over and there were still ag fields on Blue Lakes. Um, not any of that anymore. I can't uh, imagine that. That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think we've had pretty slow and steady growth. It feels explosive but it's really only about 2% population growth a year. Uh, we've had some large employers that have come in, but uh, with Chobani and Cliff, but now you see maybe a little more steady commercial development, um, really a diversity in housing that has kind of been the new development trend there. No longer is it just single family homes. People want townhomes and apartments and, and condos and that opportunity to have a good job, be in kind of the heart of stuff that's going on and not have to mess with your yard on the weekends because you want to be in the mountains or down the river. Yeah, that's interesting. I know that's, that's something I was just talking to someone in an interview the other day is that that demand for like the just simplifying, you know, have an apartment, a condo. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, you mentioned Chobani and Cliff. Uh, Twin Falls, I, I feel like it's becoming known as that food processing center. Like, what else are you doing to grow that industry or to kind of bring other industries to Twin Falls? So historically, we had sort of a, let's try and be a little bit of everything, this diversity in the kind of industry we have. So we have, and if you look beyond just Twin Falls, kind of the entire Magic Valley, we have mm-hmm. a, a kind of a plastics sector. So you have a dark container, used to be Solo Cup. So they have a facility in Twin Falls, Hilux Poly that makes uh, uh, plastic grocery bags over in Jerome. Uh, light manufacturing kind of parts for other stuff. 
but with Chobani, when they when they came looking in 2011, I think philosophically it was a chance for us to say, you know, we're kind of built on agriculture. That's why the Magic Valley exists in the first place. And we sort of doubled down on that and said, how do we how do we embrace that? Um, and it's not just grow the crops here and send them someplace else. You had in the 70s and 80s, we started seeing potato processing and more product-based. Now, really with Glanbia, Chobani, Cliff Bar, uh, Clear Springs Foods over in Buell, there's a lot of research and development going on, food science, uh, figuring out how to do more with less, feed more people uh, in a more environmentally friendly way. So we're, we really embrace kind of that whole uh, food sector uh, as an opportunity for us to grow. That's spinning off some other opportunities though too. So you have packaging that you have to have for your yogurt and, and some of these other, a little more diverse uh, types of industries, but really all kind of wrapped around food. Speaking of research, um, Chobani a while back opened a like research and innovation center. What kind of impact is that having on Magic Valley? So first and foremost, I think it's really helping them diversify their product mix. So Chobani came to the Magic Valley primarily because of the milk, but now they're getting into more plant-based products. And, and in order to do that, they needed to have their scientists in a place where they can, they can work on those products. And so uh, their new innovation center is basically putting all of their food science people in one place, and that's here in Twin Falls now. So initially it was in New York, now it's all here. I think they have about 40 food scientists who work in that. So the advantage for maybe the, the workforce of the future, these are really high paying specialty jobs, uh, and now they're available in a place like Twin Falls. And so uh, that's helping them grow as a company um, but we also have that with uh, with Glanbia. They have their Cheese Innovation Center that's in downtown Twin Falls, which is basically a, a small-scale cheese plant. They work with their customers, develop new flavors, new processes, and then they can just upscale that to their, to their main factories. And so uh, that's really exciting. Cliff Bar is looking at new product development uh, as well. And then we really have long, long-term companies like Clear Springs Foods, uh, that does trout processing, and they do everything from raising the trout to what do you do with the waste at the end. So they kind of have that whole value-added chain of, of research going on. Interesting. Um, so these these things are bringing more jobs to Twin Falls. Um, are you seeing, like, that workforce, is it coming from Magic Valley, or are you getting outside talent, like, migrating into Magic Valley? So I think like every other community in the United States, we struggle with not enough warm bodies, let alone people with the skill set. Mm. Uh, so our unemployment's very low, has been for many years. Uh, we have strong partnerships between our industry, uh, the College of Southern Idaho, even our high schools, trying to create that talent pipeline of opportunities that are, that are there for those, those young people. We also are focused on kind of the, the quality of life piece, making sure that we have you know, our trail system is now nine miles along the Snake River Canyon Rim. We have parks we're investing in, uh, walkability, livability, mixed-use development, because those are the kinds of things that people are looking for. No longer do people say, there's a job here, I'm going to go to the job. They say, what's the community like? Could I live there? And can I have a job that helps support the lifestyle I want to have? So we as the city, we as the chamber, Really, these partnerships are trying to look at how are we how are we providing that whole picture 
um, because the workers are needed for these various companies. That's, that's something that, you know, Idaho really has to offer, whether you're up in, you know, the north, the middle, the south of Idaho. There's always that, like, it's always a great community, great quality of life, beautiful things. Um, now I've got to go explore those tw- trails around some Canyon. definitely Gandhi, need to go check awesome. out the trails. So I'm kind of going to switch gears a little bit and talk about something else that I wanted to ask you. So a couple years ago, Twin Falls got international attention about refugees. How are things on that front now, especially with changes on a federal level? How did you feel when Governor Little said the state would still take refugees? Sorry, no, that's like three questions in mm, one. No, that's okay. But what can you tell us about that? So I think what's important to remember, even though we got a lot of attention a couple of years ago about this, uh, we've actually had a refugee resettlement program since the 1980s. Really? Uh, and, and really it grew out of a humanitarian effort, um, helping people who were, again, dealing with uh, traumatic situations in their life that they had to escape uh, to save their lives. Mm-hmm. So. We've had a program for a long time. It's under the federal program, uh, and our employers have been um, strong advocates for that program because one of the requirements of the refugee resettlement program is those folks have to be they have to have a job within six weeks of being resettled in the U.S. So we have employers that have found that that's a good quality workforce, um, and and they've been supportive of that for years. It grew a lot of attention when we had uh, a a specific incident that occurred that kind of put the refugee resettlement program on the radar. It was also at the same time as the ramp up to the presidential election. So then candidate Trump uh, was very focused on immigration issues. It all got kind of interwoven. It was a little surreal to be the mayor and get phone calls from the New York Times and oh, wow, yeah. uh, Breitbart sent a reporter who lived in Twin Falls for six weeks and, and we kind of dealt with uh, this, this specific incident. What I think happened in a good way, um, wasn't so pleasant at the time, but uh, I think it raised the awareness of the entire community of the value of the refugee program, not only from an economic perspective, but I think that humanitarian welcoming, caring for your neighbor kind of kind of sense. And so the, the program has been um, better supported by the community. However, at the same time, the, the new administration has really diminished the number of refugees coming. And so I think last year we had something like 62 refugees who were resettled. You know, historically it's been 150 to 200 a year maybe. Um, so it's a valuable part of our, our community. I think, too, what it's done is it's strengthened partnerships with organizations like the Idaho Dairymen's Association and getting beyond just refugee resettlement, but immigration in general. Mm-hmm. Um, as communities that are dealing with 2 and 3% unemployment, there just aren't enough people for the jobs that are available. So we have to look elsewhere, and part of that is immigration, having a, a good pathway for the right people to come and, and integrate into the communities. That's really fascinating that it's it's really kind of helping solve that workforce issue. It's certainly helping to address it. Um, I actually saw a statistic from the U.S. Chamber this week. Uh, there are 0.88 people for every job, uh, for every one job available right now. So there, there are more jobs open than there is available workforce. Uh, that's a staggering statistic, I think, and we have to be more open to allowing immigration to help fill those needs. So to kind of wrap up, what are um, some projects that you're just looking forward to or excited about? 
So I think in this coming year, we're going to see a lot of activity in our downtown and south of Twin Falls. Uh, we, we have the 160 Main Project, which is the retail office and housing on Main Avenue. Um, and then we have uh, Gem State Dairy Processors. Uh, so this is a um, actual, actually local company. It's local uh, dairy farmers who are now getting into the processing business. So they'll be uh, making a dairy product. Uh, about a 200,000 square foot facility, a couple hundred jobs they'll be uh, creating in Twin Falls. And so again, it's, it's focused around that, um, that food area that we're, that we're good at. Um, and so we're excited to see them come on and, and it, it's just really positive stuff happening. And, and yes, we have our growing pains just like other communities do, but uh, we're trying to be very attentive to um, investing in the infrastructure that we need to serve not only the growth, but really to improve the quality of life that those of us who are longtime residents can have now. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Just, I've learned a lot, and now I'm excited to go explore Twin Falls a little bit more. Good. Um, so yeah, thanks, Sean. Thank you.